Cool. All right, moving on. You sound like Ryan Seacrest in my headphones, dude. Yes. It's funny. All right. Now, time for the Sound Guy Podcast. All right. So, this, oh, dot com. Yeah, dot com. That's right. We will have a website up soon. Make sure you check that at the Sound Guy Podcast. Dot com. All right. Not to be confused with. The soundguys.com. No, 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 no. Soundguyspodcast.com, right? Is that what theirs is? No, theirs is the soundguys.com. Oh, it is this, the, though? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't remember. All right, it ain't so us. this week we're going to be talking about, or this episode, I guess. Who knows? First bar gig. First bar gig, yeah. For a sound guy. For a sound guy. So. You finally mixed enough of your own band, and they've all quit, gotten day jobs, got married, had kids, moved on with adulthood, and you now have developed this accidental skill of being able to run uh, an X32, or you learned it at church, or whatever. You've, you've now landed yourself in a position where someone has offered you money to go to on a Friday night to a nightclub where they host bands as part of their business model. Yes. And they have a sound guy every mm-hmm. time every weekend to make sure that it doesn't squeal and sound like shit, sound different every week, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you hire bands with their own rigs, usually it's being mixed by one of the band members from the stage. They they're happy because it sounds great to them because they can hear what they're doing up there, but they can't hear what's going on out front, and so it's a really inconsistent from one act to the next. Mm-hmm. Some guys have really great PA because their day job has a great tax. You know, their taxes were huge. Tax returns were huge. I know a lot of guys that invest their tax returns into high, high, high end equipment, right? Because they've been fantasizing about mm-hmm. it. And there's some guys, you know, they have the chord list that can go out, like the guitar player will go out and have be able to, you know, do the mixer on his phone and then yeah. also be playing at the same time and just, you know, there. some people are talented like to, that. I've had to do it. Oh, it's, that's right. Yeah. yeah I mean, y'all have done I mean, it plenty of times. Yeah, but it's always better to have a sound guy. So that's where we're at in this stage of the conversation. The uh, fifth member. Uh, right. Uh, but at, for a venue. Mm-hmm. So that's the important subject at this juncture juncture right so you've you, the, you're you're in this boat right now tin roof is your first house gig right yes it was all right and so and, and you know several people with house gigs i was a house guy f- at a restaurant for almost two decades yeah shout out todd brown who did tin roof you know for however long now too right, right. you know greg does um commodore mm-hmm. with um aaron yep sort of it so and you know McLean is at the farm, and and um, I'm working with Andrew, who was also at the farm. Higdon was at the farm forever. Um, Slagle was at the farm, and every other venue, a couple times over. I mean, there's lots of house guys. That's it's a job. It is a job. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about us guys. Guys. So the rig in almost all of the rooms that we've that we are going to be talking about is your standard professional venue layout. So it's a stereo mains left and right. 
-hmm. not a mono, not one amp through, you know, a couple 15s, not powered, whatever, maybe powered, but yeah. the, the, the system is a stereo PA system. So it's tops with subs. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's 18 inch speakers on the ground for the bottom end. And then usually four monitor mixes on the stage. That was the standard, still is the standard for... We do three know. at Tin Roof. Okay, so well, I I'm thought you had four yeah. mixes on stage. But, it's just three. But right, so point being, drummer's got his own mix, he can hear what he wants. Mm -hmm. Singer's got his own mix, he can hear what he wants. You know, the guys on stage, or at least on stage left and stage right, can hear separate mixes if they need more or less yeah. of something. Especially when you're in a punk club... Those guys have half stacks, and they're loud as shit anyways. Yeah, and you just crank them so vocals. So you turn the vocals up on the side that they need yeah, it, and yeah. so they can hear each other a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And then the drummer, it's more critical for the drummer to hear what's going on in front of them than anything else. Yes. So we're at a point now where the drummer has his own mix. You have a couple downstage mixes. You, set, you have two, I have three. So we call it a four mix. That's what we call it. Mm -hmm. Everybody kind of thinks on the standard of a four mix standard. So you got... Stage right is your mix one, aux one on your mixer, mm -hmm. on your console strip. Center is your mix two. Mm -hmm. Stage left is mix three, always from front of house, left to right. Yep. Right? So it's opposite on stage. So stage right is one, center is two, stage left is three, drum mix is usually four. Mm -hmm. um, in the Wild Wings, it was like that. Uh, I think at the Commodore, it's like that. You know, yep. it's... A lot of guys travel that way. A lot of bands will travel with four mixes on stage. Or, um, now that a lot of people are using ears, and there's real cheap ways to do ears with wired units. Um, yeah, it is nice. You know, just and I was thinking about you know just having two monitors, and if everyone has ears, then you you know you get a little bit of vocal playback for everybody if like headphones fall off or yeah, something. Yeah, and a lot of guys like that crutch. They like to have mm -hmm. a mix on stage and ears, but that's that's a that's a growth thing in my opinion. Yeah, well, I and I I only mean maybe, you know, one in the front, one in the back for drums and kind of yeah, like or we'll do side fills yeah, right, like yeah. that if the drummer's mm -hmm. on ears. Anyway, and then it, there's variations like the Windjammer has five mixes on stage plus the drummer and he has a sub, so there's actually technically seven mixes on stage. If I don't run any mm -hmm. ears, additionally. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Well, let's let's yeah. Well, yeah let's then, go back real quick to your standard. Maybe right. even even at the tin roof. You know, we had the Allen and Heath board. You got uh, a left. You got a right, and you got one sub. Yep. And then you've got three monitor mixes on stage. And then you got so three monitor mixes. Six different signals that mm -hmm. you have to be conscious of, and yep. you have to you have to figure out how they sound best together mm -hmm. for everyone in the room. Yep. Okay. So that's where we're at. That's yep. what we're talking about. Yes. We're not talking about all the other variations of what could happen or has happened or does happen or will happen. And I think we that's pretty standard. That. You right. know, we're Absolutely. talking about three monitor mixes, a left, Absolutely. a right, and one sub. You Absolutely. know, you'll probably use that more in your life than anything else. Yeah, and there, you know, I made a career out of it. I don't do very often do very much more than, you know, five mixes on stage. That's mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. Like 12 inputs is pretty standard for... Yeah. The shows in the venues that I've worked in my life. 
But yeah. I, but I I didn't dedicate my career exclusively to being a sound guy either. We'll meet those guys. Yes. Those guys and I have a lot yeah, of fun not, together. Yeah. Um, and I respect the shit out of them, and I wish that I could have been that invested in the culture, but I got... I don't know. I'm a Sagittarius, man. We just come up with ideas and delegate them to people and move mm-hmm. on. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're talking about four mixes and a stereo rig with subs. So there's two ways to have the subs hooked up, first of all. You can have them in the, in the stereo mix on your left and right mm-hmm. mains. And that's the way it is at the tin roof, okay. where it's coming out of just the right... The left speaker stage. Right. Yeah. So when you have subs on both sides, like a stereo, true stereo, you know, arrays, Mm -hmm. you'd have your subs on left and right, or you'd have subs across the middle or whatever. So the old way is to have it crossed over in your left and right signal. Mm -hmm. So it would be a two-way stereo rig. Yeah. So two-way would cross over usually around 100 or 120 hertz. So anything under 120 hertz would go to the subs. Mm-hmm. Bass guitar, low strings on the bass guitar, and kick drum are really the only things that would so, show up in your subs. Quick explanation. How would you do that on the analog system? You had an analog crossover in your power amp rack. And so the left and right out of your analog console would go into the input left and right on the crossover unit. Mm-hmm. And then that would split it to a sub output yeah. and a high output. Okay. And so you'd run your highs to your amps that go directly to well, the, I actually think push it's, the tops. There's just an XLR from the one to the sub. Well, yeah, we're not going to talk about how the tin roof is hooked up because okay. it's actually got a mono sub. Okay, okay. And that's a di- kind of a different thing. He okay. just left it out of the other side, mm-hmm. but for for application, for conversational purposes. Right, well, now, I was just wondering that, too. You know, And I'm only bringing up this question, question because I am wondering myself. Okay. It's... How are you... Does it automatically cut the highs out of the the source going into the sub it so splits it so it is but it, it just knows that because it's like yes it's got a knob on the front where you would set it to the frequency and mm-hmm. so that that frequency anything below that frequency would be sent to one output or a pair of outputs and then the other would be sent to your mains which is your left and right outputs on your highs and then a lot of times there's three-way rigs and so there's a set of outputs for your mids and a set of output for your highs and there's a switch on the, and so that's how old crossover units used to work. It was a single rack unit with a left and right or a one and two, channel one, channel two, channel A, channel well, two. Well, these are new speakers too, though. Is that Does that matter? Yes. It, so they, they are like not newer, newer speakers, but I'm assuming that there's like a... It, there's, it yeah, knows, there's an internal crossover on those as yeah, well. So if there. it plugs out of the back of that cabinet into yeah. the sub... It already knows. Then it's, the crossover's built in. It's not trying to force high. No. Okay. It knows. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's cool. And no, Todd I was just wondering because I was set like that in the back of the yeah, cabinet ahead yeah. of time, or it's a manufactured mm-hmm. default. Right. So that's how that works. So okay. no, good. No, yeah, that's a good you. segue to the powered speaker world yeah. because the powered speaker world is all computerized. Mm-hmm. Everything's got processing built into the back of the amp. So 
same scenario. I could run my left and right out of the X32 into the sub inputs and then run cables from the subs up to the tops, and the sub is going to cut off everything above 100 hertz. Right. And it's going to send it through those outputs up to the top. So mm -hmm. it does all the work in its computers internally. But it's all the same and I, well, I just also want to say, point. we're talking about the X32, the Behringer X32 racked, compact, producer. Right. Uh, the line. Yeah, the line. The Midas Behringer line. Mm -hmm. um, M32 is the same thing, too. Yep. So, and those are all in almost all levels of House of Worship and... Uh, and uh, A uh, lot of local bars. Uh, local bars in our area are definitely saturated with mm -hmm. X32s and yeah. M32s. They're great, I, they're I'm great consoles. I'm happy that I learned the S system. If yeah. you don't know it, you should learn it because it's... I, it's, I, it's an industry standard. You're mm -hmm. going to see it in almost all of the 100 to 300 $400 gigs where you walk in and there's a mixer provided in the venue the likelihood is that it's one of these you might see a wing yeah and that'll be and that's even more badass that'll than... be in conversation more down the road mm -hmm. so and I'm not doing anything internally in that yet in this conversation. That I'm sending yeah. my mix left and right yep. to the powered boxes, and those powered boxes are going to cross over the computer and send the 120 hertz up or 100 hertz up or 80 hertz up, wherever you set the crossover, it's going to go up to the tops okay. automatically. Yeah. So the other way to do it is to do it in the mixer, and this is the most popular way with my click of friends we put yeah. the sub on an aux mm -hmm. so we can turn it up and down by itself without affecting the main so we yep. leave the mains full range or we carve them off kind of low 60 or 80 hertz so they don't fart and get boxy and and muddy sounding yep. and then we'll add the sub mono or stereo on an aux or a pair of auxes and that has got a low pass yep. set at 100 hertz. Yep. So it's essentially the same thing. Same thing. If I move my mains EQ roll off, I my low roll way, off, though. right. And that's the, probably the first way that you learn. Yeah. Well, I learned that from Greg from doing with the right. X32 stuff. And so you, you completely missed the generation yep. of having to do it right. through the left I did. and right. And that's why I didn't even understand the. It's the the analog stuff is so like interesting yeah, because you're like archaic. yeah it's like why am I doing all this to accomplish something now that like all exists digitally and it's just here's so why. crazy because, I know why but but here's why because there's uh there's like generation gaps in the technology mm -hmm. right so when I came in analog couldn't function that way or it could but you had to be a genius to think of it and it was a lot of extra wiring mm -hmm. that was not really necessary unless you were showing off for other analog yeah for other guys right which is basically what all of us are doing on these kinds of channels is mm -hmm. we're just entertaining each other yeah so mm -hmm. and they and, it, and it's a culture and so but when these things when these routing options became so easily changeable and then you started watching tutorials to see how it was done, and then somebody 
came up with this way and said, try it this way. And then everybody loved that way because what happens is you can turn the subs down when the manager bitches or a, or a customer complains mm-hmm. about how loud it is. You can turn those subs down and they feel less. Yeah. So they think it's quieter. Right. It's not. It's yeah. a psychoacoustic effect. Mm-hmm. You just take the subs down and the Which PA is, is just know, as loud. You want to do because, that for your neighbors. But also the bar, in the back of the bar, they want to hear the PA. They want to hear the singer. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have to sit up front to hear it legibly. Right. Well, there's... At, you know, it's funny, at the Tin Roof, though, is the further back you go, the clearer the vocals become. Right, because it's a tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A That's little, a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's my it's favorite fun. I kind love of it for bar. the punk rock. I mean... It's my punk- favorite kind of bar. Yeah, there's... No- because you can have 30 people in the front row, and it looks like a mosh pit, mm-hmm. or you can have 130 people in the front row, and it looks like a mosh pit. Yeah. It's just a tunnel of people. Yeah. And it's just... And it... it, it it, uh, it feels like it's something. It's a fucking vibe, dude. Yeah. But anyway, you got to have enough PA for that vibe to work. Yep. And you guys definitely have enough PA for that mm-hmm. vibe to work. I love playing. Well, we just so the 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 Howlin and Heath just went out, and we have a Presonus now. Yep. Same principle. Uh, you running sub on six? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yep. See, so you've now you've got now both ways under your belt. Yeah. Sweet. So look at us. Look at me learning. Look at you. I got to so, teach you something, <laughs> right? So um, monitors, four monitor mixes on stage. So yeah, there's let's a talk 31 about that. band EQ on each of them in the analog. And that's days. probably the end of this this sure. episode. Yeah, sure. So there were four band. Uh, 31 band EQ was the standard on a four mix 20 years ago when I got in the business. Mm-hmm. And then, so what you would do is you'd take your your SM58 or whatever your vocal mic is and that's usually the standard has been for 50 years or so and then i'll turn it right into the speaker and i'll hear what frequencies feedback first and then i'll go pull those frequencies out of the graph on the on the Mm -hmm. graphic eq there's 31 faders each with a fixed frequency yep but they kind of fuck with each other so if you pull two or three of them together they kind of do a scoop and so there's a term thrown around a lot about the happy face where you Mm -hmm. scoop out your mids that's what you make it look like a happy face on your 31 band EQ. Mm-hmm. What that does al- also does is it turns the monitor down essentially because you're scooping yeah. out all the frequencies, yeah. all the audible frequencies in the human hearing spectrum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scoop them all out and see how easy it is to get your monitors to work. Yeah. But what you can do is you can find the ones that feed back first and they're usually exponential and we'll get into that down way down the road. The, the science and the al- mm-hmm. algebra of it all. Um, and we'll probably have guests for that because yes. I don't really yeah, explain yeah, yeah. it very well. Um, we just know the 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 problem frequency. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's happening? Yeah. you know, let's fix this problem, yeah. not the science. And luckily, of how on to the on the apps, there's a there's an RTA that shows yes. you where yeah. the spikes are, where you can just go grab it and pull it real quick right at and the tin fix roof. Fix your problem. There's, I'm just there's guessing, not. but you know, at, 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 well, right now we have everything pretty much cut what you can. Right. There's no other frequencies to cut, so if there's feedback, I just have to turn the gain down at this point a little yep. bit. You yep. know, and that's what they call dialing it in. Mm-hmm. So or pinging it out. Yep. So I'll ping a monitor out. So I'll show up before the band and hook up all my vocal mics for the night, and and I'll put all of those vocal mics in their own wedge as hot as I can, and then I'll ping out all the all the EQ frequencies that feed back. So yep. when this dude takes it off the stand and puts it out in the crowd, it doesn't take off in the middle of my show, and so th- I'll get the, all the monitors rang out, and then the band walks in and all their vocal mics are hot in their wedge, and that's hey. 
let's get started w- with your load in and your sound check. Mm-hmm. And so that's usually a good rapport with people. That's uh, funny. So we're probably, this is going to be a, a two segment, and if we're going to finish this one up, 